I was going to teach today on the Beatitude. We've all been listening to the Beatitudes, right? And I was going to teach on the Beatitude on, no, 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 that's okay. On blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Exactly. Peacemakers. And I'm just toying with trying to crank it out in a few minutes. What are we having for lunch down there? Is it barbecue or is it is barbecue? Are there already barbecue? I don't smell barbecue yet. Strawberry and rhubarb pie right from our garden is down there too. My wife made it. Amen. You better grab some of that because if you don't, I will take the whole plates. I'm going to say something real quick so you can think about this, and then maybe next, no, next Sunday I'm not here, but the Sunday after I'm going to continue on with this, but I want you to think about this for a moment, because this Beatitude 7 is for today, when we have guests in our house that have authority and power in this nation, there's something about it, blessed are the peacemakers, listen, Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. You want to be called a son of God? Work at being a peacemaker. But what does a peacemaker make? Jesus taught that if you're to be a son of God, living in true happiness, then you must be a peacemaker. But this is a huge challenge when we see so little peace in this world. What does it look like? Sometimes the lifestyle of peacemaker is hard to live, absolutely. The world culture is my rights. I deserve to not like you. That's my right to not like you, and I'm going to let you know that. Or mind your own business. I don't want to know your issue or your problem. Mind your own business. That's not a peacemaker attitude. People want to live in peace, but many times they don't know how. Before we can live at peace in our day-to-day living with our family and where we work, we must first make peace with God. In our relationship with God, if it's broken, you will not have peace in your life. If our relationship with God is broken or hindered, you lose peace in your life. We must first make peace with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Jesus taught that if we are to receive forgiveness from God, we must also forgive others. It's part of the teaching. And so many times we want to be forgiven, but we've lost the concept of forgiving others. And we hold that burden and we hold that bondage. And if you really take it literally, what it's saying is if you hold the bondage and you don't forgive, then you're not truly becoming a peacemaker, which means you're not truly living as a son or a daughter of God. And as I was studying these Beatitudes, I usually preach the Beatitudes in one service. This is Beatitude 7, and this is Sunday 7. Because I'm changing things in my own life. Because these are the B-attitude. Jesus is telling us, disciples, be these attitudes. Become these attitudes. We call them the Beatitudes. That's right. Be this attitude. Forgiving others is part of becoming a peacemaker. We must make peace where possible, with all peoples where possible. But we need to remember that making peace is not in agreement to their sin. 
It doesn't mean that to have peace, I have to change my moral values and my moral conduct. No, I will not change my moral values because this is peace right here. It's not acceptance of all sin. It's not acceptance of antichrist theology. No, what it is, is this is peace and this gives me peace. And with this peace, I can live in the world, but not of it. To be peacemakers, we must put off every personal bad attitude and prejudice that hinders us from forgiving others and living in peace with them. Again, remember, I'm not talking. Peace is agreement. It's not. This beatitude is so important, but yet so distant in this day and age. Be a son of God. Be a peacemaker. The peace that Jesus is talking about is more about making peace with God so you can live a lifestyle of peace. But many people believe in the worldview of peace, that the opposite of peace is war. And so we have war to have peace. That's the world political view of the word peace. But it is not the biblical view of the word peace. The opposite of peace in the Bible is not war. Listen to this. The opposite of peace is not war. It's fear and anxiety. That's the biblical interpretation of the word peace. War begins with a declaration, but not peace. Declaring peace does not make peace. Peace is an attitude. It's a choice. Peace must make peace. You need to be a peacemaker to live in peace. It has nothing to do with your war or the wars around us. Victory is what makes peace. Oh, yeah, well, when we have a war, then we live in peace after. Well, not the people that you conquered. When, when, when you conquer a nation or country and the, the, the first nations, the first people no longer have the peace that they had before we conquered them. And the reality is, is because that's not the interpretation of true peace. But out of a lifestyle of victory because Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross and he rose again, something shifted and something changed in heavens and on this earth. His death and his resurrection became the lifestyle of peace that God is talking about. And Jesus Christ declared to his disciples. Peace is an attitude. It's a choice. Peace must make peace. I'm not saying that if things are not peaceful, then war won't exist. No, but the reality is that war is more of a surface behavior War is something at the surface. War is something that is seen rather than exposing the deeper things taking place inside. When people are fearful, then this leads to the war in their life, whether it's personal or it's national. You see, to to live in peace, it's not the status around you. It's not the surface of what's happening around you. Jesus Christ died in peace on the cross with a a battered, broken, and beat up body. 
but he died in peace. And he rose in peace. The martyrs that have been martyred for the Christian faith died in peace. Maybe the physical bodies manifested, but they died in peace. When people are fearful, then this leads to war. We need to understand this. You have a fear in your life other than the fear of the Lord. You have a fear in your life. It will lead you into a war or a battle because you're going to look at the surface part of peace. Well, I can fight this and, 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 and or the fear overcomes you. And when the fear overcomes you and you no longer have the ability to go after the peace, what happens is you become a slave to the fear. If a person walks in fear, then fear will lead them to an internal battle and possibly battles with others. When a nation is fearful, it goes to war, either on the defensive or the offensive. Or the people become slaves to their own fear. So if you're not living in peace, then find out what kind of fear has laid hold of your heart. There are a bunch of fears Fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of loss, fear of lack of provision, fear of pain, fear of lack of control, fear of sickness, a bunch of fears. And all of these fears will grab our hearts and steal from us the peace of Jesus Christ. This beatitude, it makes us and directs us to also turn towards community. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall become the sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they become the community of God on this earth. Jesus focuses on the deep inward dispositions and attitudes of our heart and our minds. Jesus does not speak of the peace lovers. Oh, peace lovers. He doesn't speak of the, oh, Peaceful in spirit and peaceful in spirit. Woo. Peace is something that's made and is made by a peacemaker. Most people's understanding of being a peacemaker is standing between two conflicting parties and trying to bring reconciliation. I'm going to be a peacemaker. We're going to stand between the First Nations and we're going to stand between the, the, the pale faces, I don't know, the white people, whatever you want to call. And I'm going to be the peacemaker. But that's actually not the word peacemaker. With this understanding that, that a peacemaker is standing between conflicting parties and trying to bring reconciliation, with that understanding that that makes you a peacemaker, then you will always need a conflict in order to act as a peacemaker. Do we understand? If being a peacemaker is I've got to stand between two conflicting parties and try to bring the neutral ground to them, then to be a peacemaker, I have to always look for a conflict. That's why it's not a peacemaker that does that. That's wise counsel. It's a good individual. It's a good person. There's wisdom in that. But that's not what makes you a peacemaker. That's why we wrongly think of peace as the opposite of war. But again, the opposite of peace is not war. It's fear and anxiety. War comes as a result of compounded fear and anxiety. People start getting stressed out, and they start to have war. 
Peacemakers preempt. Peacemakers preempt conflict by averting anxiety or fear. Peacemakers get in front of the fear and anxiety and don't allow the fear and anxiety to happen because they're peacemakers. Anxiety overwhelms you through fearful insecurity. Anxiety and fear spread like a virus in destruction. It's continual war. But peace works like a vaccine. Peace works like a vaccine. It is. It's the healing vaccine. It's the healing blood of Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.15. Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of God, some translations say of Christ, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. That's what it says. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Be thankful by letting the peace of God rule in your hearts. To find thankfulness, find the peace of God. To find the peace of God will bring you thankfulness. And if we don't have thankfulness, find his peace. If we don't have peace, find his thankfulness. Let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Paul speaks about a few things that will help us see the peace of the Prince of Peace. Help us see the peace of the Prince of Peace. Who's the Prince of Peace? Jesus. Rule in our hearts, gratitude, the word of Christ, psalms, hymns, songs of the Spirit. There are many, many things that speak of his peace. As peace rules in our hearts, we must have an attitude of gratitude, thankfulness. If you don't have an attitude of thankfulness, you don't have peace. But remember, peace is not subject to the circumstances around you. Not the peace that Jesus is talking about. It is not subject to your swirl. It is not subject to the attitude of other individuals around you. It is not subject to what this nation does or doesn't do. That's not peace. Peace is subject to our abilities of relationship with God. Peace is subject to us looking at the kingdom of heaven at hand and celebrating thankfulness for all that he has done. Do not live in fear and anxiety. You have a mission? Do the mission. But don't get fearful of the mission. Art has a mission. He's doing a mission. Oh, he ruffles the odd feather here and there. Yeah. He's ruffled my feathers once in a while. And I've ruffled his. But the reality is, what's your mission? Because I will tell you what your mission's not. It's not anxiety. And it's not fear. And if that's the mission you're in right now, change the mission. Because that's not the mission of God, anxiety and fear. That's the mission of the enemy, the devil. The mission of God 
open to be peacemakers. Forgive the unforgivable. Forgive the hurt and pain. Forget the wrongs that were wronged against you. Blasphemed about you. Forgive. 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 Let God speak into your fear right now. Maybe it's a sickness. Well, you know what? God's number one. Doctors are number two. And right now, Kenny Blacksmith, he needs a heart. God's number one. So, Father, we pray for the hearts. A new heart into our brother, Kenny Blacksmith, Father God. Right now, a new physical heart into our brother. Peace with God through Jesus Christ is peace coming from victory. No victory in your life, no peace. No victory, then you're in war. And you might try to do the earthly peace and fight the war. Fight the devil, fight the enemy, fight everything. Let me tell you something. I am a firm believer now that the devil's already lost. It doesn't mean he doesn't have power. He does. Your free will will give him power. But your free will also gives you God's power. Because God is not always in control of everything. Matter of fact, as much as this might go against some of your theology, he's actually not in control of you right now. Your mind, your will, and your emotions are your soul, and they are your free will. And he graciously, through his divine inspiration, for some reason, created you and me the free will. Because he knew that if you freely choose him, then you will understand peace and you will understand his power and you will understand his authority in your life. And the choice is yours. God is in control of it's his kingdom and all those angels have freely chosen to follow him and you say well how do you know they have a free will well because Lucifer and 33% of them chose by their own free will to go against God kind of means that they probably have a free will otherwise God created Lucifer to sin and he can't do that And so now maybe there's a whole angelic realm. Maybe there's a supernatural realm around us, which I know there is. But they're all watching us. What's your choice, says the Lord? What's your choice? In victory, there's always peace. So get into victory. Live a lifestyle of peace and you will have victory. 
or live from victory and you will have peace with no fear. If your lifestyle is contending for victory, I'm talking personally, I'm not talking about winning Canada and battling for our nation. That is something we have to do. But I'm talking about personally right now. If you have a battle in your life of unforgiveness, a battle of sickness, sin, and death in your life, if you have a battle of some kind going on in your life, I will guarantee you victory has already been established for you to win and live in that victory. It was established over 2,000 years ago on the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ as a living Lord and Savior. We have the only living Lord and Savior. Just to let you know, no one else rose from the grave in any cult or issue out there. Jesus Christ is the only Lord that has risen from the grave. Oh, people have come up out of the grave. I'm talking about other religious leaders. When they died, they all died. And you know what? They're stinky and they don't look good anymore. But Jesus, read about him in Revelation. Hair as white as snow, eyes of fire. Come on, we, we serve a risen Lord that's not a wimp or a pansy. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Which implies there must be other kings and lords. Well, who are you? Are you a king of your sphere of influence? Are you a lord of the sin of your life? In other words, you have the power and the authority to say, devil, get behind me. Let's all stand. excited about the next beatitude, beatitude 8, an attitude that does not react against persecution. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Oh, that's going to be a good one. Whew. Put your hand on your heart. Father, we come to you today. A weekend of celebration of the first peoples, the first nation of Canada. And we know a lot of atrocities happened. But Father God, you have called us together across this great nation from sea to sea, north to the south, second largest country in the world. One of the most diverse nations of nations in the world. <laughs> and we stand on guard for thee. And we go by the living word of God, our sword, the living word of God. I ask you, Father, that 
we become better peacemakers. For starting in our own life with you. So that we can fight the battles that you have destined us to fight on this earth. As peacemakers. Just like Jesus was a peacemaker when he went in and he overturned the tables in the temple. You see, he was being the peacemaker of his father. Let us not be like the Pharisee Sadducees, the hypocrites of building their own kingdoms and their own power and their own authority. Father God, let us not be that. Let us be a united family standing on guard for this nation. A united family bringing the truth of this word of God to the nations of this world. Let us not be wimps. Let us be mighty warriors. Have a clear vision. The horses that are lined up in the parking lot looking for the riders. Some of you have fallen off the horse. Some of you are scared to get back on or fearful or hurt so bad. I feel like that horse is a representation of your call. You've had too much religion jammed down your throat, whatever it is. You've been hurt by a church or other people or religious people or whatever. It's I just feel like the Lord is being clear right now and that maybe this will offend you, then you can talk to Art. <laughs> just had to get him back a bit there. But I'm standing on this platform as a man, passionately in love with God. And I'm standing on this platform to ask you, grow up, wake up, on the horse again. It's not the season to watch your horse run in the field and you sit in your lawn chair sucking on your iced tea or something with a paper straw that tastes bad. time to get your sword and put on the full armor of God and get on that horse. And stand up for righteousness. Don't let any government or any other movement Take away your understanding of this word. We preach this. We're pro-marriage. This Bible is pro-life. This Bible is one man, one woman. 
Bible teaches us to love the sinners but hate the sin. Blessed are the peacemakers for you will be sons and daughters of God. And we bless the barbecuers downstairs. And we bless the servers that have been helping and preparing the food. And we thank you, Father, that your kingdom has come and your will is being done on this earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. And all the people said, Amen. Amen.